0: Leading worship is not the goal. It's not the aspiration of, oh, I, wanna, I want every, everyone to be able to do that. That's not it. It is doing what you're able to do, doing what you're gifted to do, and doing it with all your heart. It doesn't matter what it is. Some people don't like to be seen. Thank you. Thank you for serving and not being seen and just doing it. Thank you. Seriously. Some people do things every week that no one ever even sees it. Um, but the Lord keeps really good records. Yeah. And He... he uh, he will always remember, and the Bible says if, if you give even a glass of cold water in his name, it's like you did it for him or to him. So everyone here, thank you for doing that. Uh, it's good. I just, last week was unbelievable. How many, how many were here last week? If you missed, go to the, the website. The podcasts have been up for both Sunday morning, Sunday night. Bob and Kimberly's messages are up, and uh, unbelievable, unbelievable time. And some great prophetic words. Anyone else here? I think so. a few people got prophesied over and uh, some good stuff. How many people came up for the, the wealth impartation that Sunday night? Have you seen any change? Yeah? So Hey, the change will happen first right here. You'll just start thinking differently. So start carrying yourself like a king. Like a queen. Queens don't talk like everybody else. Kings don't act like everyone else. It's not an arrogance. But when the president walks into a room, he has a a presence about him. Am I telling the truth? He carries himself like, I'm a king. I'm a person of authority. And it's beautiful. Hello? You with me? I don't care what side of the politics you're on. It is beautiful when a man or woman carries themselves in the authority that they carry. Right? And so... The Lord recently told me to go back and start studying the behavior of kings and how kings acted. Because I don't know how to act like a king yet. I'm more comfortable in jeans with holes in it and a t-shirt. And the Lord's like, you got to be a little bit more of a king. Carry yourself like a king. All right? Everybody good? It's good to see you guys. Okay. Everybody. Good stuff. I want to brag on you real quick before we move on. Today's going to be a little different, all right, which is good. We like different, but I want to brag on you. Um, you guys blessed Bob and Kimberly in a way that this church has never done before, first of all, and they, they even responded by saying, we, we felt so loved and taken care of, and your church was so friendly and, and ho- hospitable and all that stuff, so again, we just want to say thank you for that. I want to brag on you for giving. We, let, me, let me break it down like this, so to, without getting numbers, right? We gave basically 50% of what our weekly budget would be to Bob and Kimberly, which we haven't ever come close to anything like that before. And I, it, it would be the equivalent, if a church has a $200,000 a week budget, it would be like them giving them a $100,000 gift is what we did. It was the equivalent. It was 50% of our budget we gave to them. And that is awesome. And I'm, I'm proud. It, I was so excited. I went home. I was, I was telling them, look at that, babe. We're growing up as a church. Yeah. When people come to your house, you want to give them a nice gift. And we gave him the best gift that we could give. And I loved it. So I'm, I'm proud of you. And now, um, does anyone here have something? I, I just want to pray. Pray for uh, people before we go on. You have something that seems impossible. Um, you have something that's on your heart or your mind right now. Maybe it's even keeping you from uh, being focused at work. Maybe it's something when you have free time, your mind goes to this issue and you don't know how it's going to be fixed. If that's you, I want you to stand. We're going to pray. God's going to bring uh, miracles today. He's going to bring answers to prayer if that's you stand now don't don't wait Yep, good someone close to you lay hands on them <laughs> the bible says he's the prince of peace the prince of peace is going to come in the room and he's going to lift our worries and our cares he told us to cast our cares on him to lay our burdens on him let him carry it does everyone have someone with them? if you don't just raise your hand until someone gets to you we don't leave anyone alone god we thank you because you're so good and we just ask right now that you release your goodness in this house now just start thinking about how good he is just just put your mind focus your mind on him we fix our eyes intently upon Jesus the author the perfecter the finisher God right now I ask that you lift weights I ask that you lift burdens and I ask that you to release miracles God hmm. no thing is impossible for you God And no thing is impossible to those that believe. So God, we release, raise the level of our faith in this house, God. Raise our awareness of the things that you're doing. (laughs) Make us more aware of your presence, God. Make us more aware of your acts and the things that you're doing on the earth and in our lives, God. You said you're near to those with a broken heart, God. Those here with a broken heart. You're closer to them than any of us. (laughs) You're near to those with a broken heart. I ask that you would heal them now. I ask that you would just get really, really close to them. Hmm. I ask that you would would wrap yourself around their heart, God. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Hmm. Amen everybody doing good did did everybody love the uh the game that was on yesterday i don't remember who won was it texas or i it's been so long i just didn't know i couldn't remember (laughs) i mean colt mccoy is the quarterback last time we won so it's kind of hard for me to remember back that far any uh, OU fans in the room other than Aaron? No, just give him a hard time. <laughs> I knew, I knew with your quarterback, there was it was possible. There was a chance yesterday, and and oh, Mac Brown fighting for his job. If you don't care about Texas football, then just go home and ask Jesus to forgive you. Okay. And <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Amen. <laughs> I used to go to that game every year, and then we started losing some of them. It wasn't as fun to go to. So I kind of watch them on TV now, where I can just turn it off when I'm done, but yesterday I, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> and I saw Oklahoma people leave yesterday, and that was fun. "Well, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. I thank you because we're right where we need to be. Hmm. Why don't you say that? say, "I'm right where I need to be." Hmm. God, I ask that you release a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. Would you, would you say that prayer with me? God, I ask you to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I may know you better. You know, I, I, I like to pray that way most of the times before we get into message because if, if it's for any other reason than to getting to know him, then it's, it's no reason. It's not worth it. It's, it's all about him. We even had a good class this morning where we talked about we're a church who believes in magic, and, and don't be freaked out by the word magic. Uh, we believe that miracles happen, that dreams come true, and that nothing's impossible. And uh, I'll just tell real quickly where that came from because it's in my heart from this morning. Um, I was watching one of the best shows on television, and we got some fans in the room. It's Once Upon a Time. I don't know if you like the show or not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I joke around, me and my two boys will watch the show, but I can't get my wife to watch it, which is, you'd think it'd be the opposite, like she'd be, but here we are as men watching once upon a time. Um, we love the magic and the stories and the, all the stuff into it, and so in the first season, Stilskin was talking about how he was sending his son to a world with no magic in it, and the Lord really started talking to me in the show, and I started to cry, and I was like, I don't want to raise my sons in a world with no magic. I don't want to raise them in a world where they don't see the signs and the wonders of God. I don't want my sons to pray the same prayer that Habakkuk prayed. Lord, you know, where, where are the deeds of our forefathers? Renew them in our day. What, what happened? Did you stop working? What happened here? Renew them in our time. I don't want my sons to, to have that cry in their heart to see the hand of God move. And so the Lord really started stirring me into pursuing the magic of God. And, and Jesus actually told me, he said, my kingdom's actually the magical kingdom. Because I'm the most magical of all kings. And so from that time till now, I've just been on this journey of I don't want to live in a world with no magic. I want my kids to see the handiwork, the displays of God's power and his authority on the earth. They deserve it, right? Not just my kids, but the city of Arlington deserves a a testimony of the power of God. How many believe that? (laughs) In, In a time where hopelessness is, if we want it, we can find it. If you want to be hopeless, you can seek it out because it's all over around us. He says, he said in Isaiah that deep darkness would cover the earth, right? And we're living in that time where it seems like deep darkness is covering the earth. But he said, but it's time in that moment, in that season, when you find yourself surrounded by darkness, it's time for you to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord will rest upon you, will rise upon you. And it talks about how nations will come to, the, to, to your arising, and kings will come to the brightness of your light. And the Lord's saying that it's, it's time for us to begin to show that God cares about the affairs of man. God cares about the things that, that we care about. We're, you know, we've been in that season for a long time where we said, if it matters to you, it matters to God. Why don't you say that with me? If it matters to me, it matters to God. And I think it was maybe six or seven months ago, my wife really just got on, that, on the flip side of that. Well, if it matters to God, then it should matter to us. And now I find myself really wanting to know what God wants to do, and I just want to do it with Him. I just want to be in the room when He does it. How me feel that way? I don't care, what he, I don't care if He's prophesying. I don't care if He's healing the sick. I don't care if He's restoring marriages. I don't care if He's helping a homeless person get a meal. If He's doing it, I want to be around Him. Yeah. Amen? And we're in that season where I feel like You know that God healed the 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 reason that we started here, whereas if it matters to you, it matters to God, was because God was restoring the brokenness of of the orphan spirit. And and basically the orphan spirit is is someone who's detached from the father heart of God. It can be defined in a lot of different ways, and there's symptoms to a spirit of of an orphan spirit. But the real easiest way to describe it is an orphan spirit is someone who's detached from From the heart of God. In other words, they don't know what God thinks about them. They don't know what God says about them. They don't know what God's thinking about them right this second. How many of you right now, you know what God's thinking about you? (laughs) I know. He says it. I'm thinking of good things for you, to prosper you, not to harm you. And so we went through that where as a church, we were having our identity restored as sons and daughters with a father who really cares about us and really loves us. And so what happened is, is in that restoration where we're saying, well, if it matters to me, it matters to God. You mean God really cares about me? And so as we begin to say that and go through that teaching and training and that culture being built here, because it is absolutely true. If it matters to you, it does matter to God. If it matters to you, it will always matter to God. He cares. He absolutely cares. That will never change. But what that message did is it brought us into a connection with the heart of God to where we now know He's a good God. And I'm actually a good son or you're a good daughter if you're a lady. And so now we know that. And so now the heart has shifted to where, man, he's just such a good father. I want good things for him. I want what he wants. I love what he loves. I love how David says, God, I've, I've always loved what you love and hate what you hate. David like found that it was the, the Bible talks about the key of David. And he found this secret place that no one else knew. And it wasn't it wasn't in the temple. It wasn't in the Holy of Holies in an actual building or a facility. David was out in the fields, and he found the heart of God out all by himself. He found the heart of God, and he knew that's where he wanted to be. (laughs) He even says, you know, better than one day, better one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. I'd rather be with you in your presence, connected to your heart, than anywhere else on the face of the earth. And and I feel that that thing is be, beginning to be stirred up inside of us. How many how many agree with that? You're starting to awaken to the the heart of God. Like God really wants that. Do you know God really wants to save every person in the city of Arlington? Yeah. Did you know God? Let's let's go back smaller. God really wants to save your whole household. How yeah. many believe that? He, will. <laughs> I, he wants to save your entire household. You know, you've heard me say it, if you've been here for any amount of time, but it's an act where he says, not only will I save you, but I'll save your entire household. And the Lord told me one day, he's like, how big is your household, Jared? I was like, well, you know, I I think of my family and my two boys, and I think of my, you know, extended family and brothers and sisters and whatnot. And he says, you're thinking too small. Your, Your family's bigger than that. Did you know your family can be as big as you want it to be? Your household can be wherever you put the tent pegs. So if you believe that God can, and his, all of His goodness and all of His mercy and all of His grace can flood your home, your actual abode where you live, then why can't it touch the person that lives on each side of you? He gives us His Spirit without measure, so we basically determine the boundaries of where God moves. God will do anything. He, he told them in, in, um, in John uh, I think it's chapter 14. We read it this morning as well. John 14 says, up until this time, you haven't asked me for anything, but there'll, become a, there'll come a time where you ask for anything in my name and I'll give it to you. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. You will ask me for anything in my name and I'll just say yes. Okay, you want? Okay, here you go. And some of us get afraid of, of that. We're like, whoa, we can ask God for stuff and he'll give it to us? Absolutely. You know, over the last three months, the Lord has really been, been getting on to me because he said, Jared, you don't ask me for stuff. And I thought I was really holy and righteous because I didn't ask God for personal things. I was like, oh, I'm so self-righteous. I'm so, God, I'm glad I'm not like those other preachers who ask you for this. And Without being that way, I was being that way. And the Lord says, don't you know I'm your dad? And if, <laughs> if you called your dad and you said you were hungry... Wouldn't your dad come and, he wouldn't just bring you McDonald's, he'd bring you a T-bone steak and cook it on your grill for you. That's how my dad really is. No, no doubt, that is my dad. And he's like, if your dad's that good and he's earthly, why don't you ask me for stuff? <laughs> it matters to you, Jared, it matters to me. We're going back and forth with this, it's like a tennis match. And I'm like, well, God, if it matters to you, I want it to matter to me. And he's like, well, Jared, I want you to know if it matters to you, it matters to me. And it's, it's, a, it's a dance. We sing about it. It's a dance. The back and forth. God, I want to meet your needs. And God's saying, I want to meet your needs. And he's saying, if, if you believe that you, that, let's do it, let's go even smaller. How many believe that God can save you personally, just you by yourself? How many of you believe that the goodness of God can be shown to you personally? Well, if he can do it for me, then why don't I just expand my boundaries? Okay, do it for my wife. Do it for my kids. Do it for my neighbors. Do it for my whole street, God. I claim this whole street, and this is my household. And I'm going to start treating everyone on this street as if they're my house. You know what, God? When I get really good at that, I'm going to take all three blocks that are connected to my street. I'm going to take North Graham. I'm going to take South Graham. I'm going to take everyone that drives down Bowen. They're my household. When they drive by, I'm going to release the hope of my house on them. <laughs> expanding the territory, expanding what we believe is our household. If he'll save me, he'll save my household. So where have you drawn the lines of your household? I love it's Isaiah 54. It says, Cry, you know, expand enlarge the place of your ter- territories, expand the tent pegs, take them up and move them further. It's like, for, for more are the children of the barren woman than the one who's been giving birth all this time. In other words, build new nurseries even if you don't have children. Build nurseries, A- extend your territory, move the tent pegs, take responsibility for more than what you have right now. Everybody still with me? So what does it look like to take responsibility for my neighborhood, for those connected to me? Nothing more than you're doing right now, it's just shifting your focus. It doesn't require more time. It doesn't require more energy. You guys hear me? All it is is now I'm thinking, you know what, I don't only want my house blessed. I'm just at, 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 at everyone in my household. God, this is how I'm defining my household right now. And then the Lord will bring opportunities. He will open things up. He will stir people's hearts. The Neighbors will just stop and start talking to you. If you're one of those people that don't want that to happen, get over yourself. I'm talking to me. When I'm home, I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm going to my house. Leave me alone. Anyone else like that? I want to live out far away. We got to get over ourselves. I know Mandy was out the other day and a, a lady had driven by and just started having a conversation with Mandy. She actually runs Oakwood Christians Academy right here down the street. Mandy makes a connection with her. She's like, oh, uh, your family is so, so good. I always see your, uh, your husband and your boys out playing ball, and, and, and they're always just so sweet to me, and they wave and all that kind of stuff. We didn't know. but She's part of my household. I treated her like I know her. Hey, how are you? You interrupted our game. Game on. Game off. Like Wayne's World. Move this stuff. <laughs> But I didn't know. I didn't have the conversation with her. She, she's talking with my wife, and little do we know that just being a family, playing with your kids, hanging out, I was expanding the territory of my household. So what can you do? What can you do? What can I do to increase it? We have a neighbor who's been visiting church a couple of times recently, and I get to talk to him now. I. I, I Hardly had ever seen him before. And he shows up at church one day because Vivian had met him. And, and now I get to talk to him regularly. And he's, he's going through a rough time. And I get to pastor my neighborhood. And I didn't seek it out, I didn't pursue it, I didn't go after it. The Lord did it. Hello? I want to read something real quick. I told you it's going to be a little bit different today. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, alright, we'll be really short, wow, you're going to get used to this, spoil you, I'm just going to take the 20 minutes off today and add it to next week, I'm I'm totally kidding with you, (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So we've got these two sides of things right now. And this, this ties everything in today. The Lord's taking us from, from living in a culture, a mercy culture, into a grace culture. A Mercy Culture, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, it's on the podcast if you wanted, there may be some CDs out, but it's, it's moving beyond just needing the mercy of God and now living in what Jesus did when He rose from the dead and went away so that the Holy Spirit could come upon us and we could live in the grace of God, which is the empowering presence of God. It's, it's not just a living from a deficit or getting even, it's now living in the abundance where He credits righteousness to our account and it just shifts the way we do life. Um, rather than always feeling like I've got to be careful to, to not to grieve the Holy Spirit, this is, this is where we're going now. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19. And he says, now don't quench the Holy Spirit. So under the old model, we didn't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, which is we don't want to do what we shouldn't do. Everyone say, I don't want to do what I should not do. So that's how I keep from grieving the Holy Spirit. I don't do things that I know aren't right. But then you move to this other side of the cross where it's the the empty tomb and now we're living in the grace of God and He says, don't quench the Spirit. Now quenching the Spirit is when we don't do what we should do. See, it's impossible to to do relationship with God where we just don't. Well, I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, I I confess my sin. I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry, God. I don't. I put boundaries. I won't. I don't and I won't. And... How many know that doesn't work? That's <laughs> right. You can I, I love the old saying it says any no to God that doesn't any no to sin that doesn't doesn't respond with a yes to God will never remain a no to sin. Like I can say no all day long, but if I don't replace that void, if I don't replace that, that capacity inside of me with the positive, then I, I won't keep my no. True. there has to be a transfer. There has to be a shift that takes place. I can't just sweep the house clean and be like, oh, I have a nice clean house. I don't do any of this stuff. No, I need to fill the house. I need to, I need to now do some things. So I can't just focus on not, not, not um, you know, uh, t- excuse me. grieving the Spirit. I can't, can't focus on, I don't want to grieve the Spirit. I don't want to do anything. I need to move into, well, am I quenching the Spirit by not doing something? Like, we got really good as Christians on, on, don't grieve the Spirit. Don't play cards. Don't play dominoes. don't drink, don't smoke, don't watch movies, don't let people know you watch movies. You can watch them at home, but don't let people see you do it. Don't, you know, all the don'ts. And we got really like, we're cleaning our house. We're so holy, we're so righteous, we don't do all this stuff. And we had an empty house with nothing in it. And the Lord's saying, no, it's time to move from just from the grieving to, how are you quenching me? Well, you didn't go further. You didn't do what I would have done if I were you. You didn't do something. There has to be a, 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 a thing that takes place. How many of you have, don't raise your hand, but in your relationship with God, there are times where we remove things from our life. <laughs> the Lord says, don't do it. Yes, sir, I'm not going to do it. But it's not enough to just say, yes, sir, I'm not going to do it. What do you want me to do instead, Lord? What do I need to do in place of that? Because I know if I leave the vacuum there, then seven spirits worse than that one are going to come back. There has to be... I'm I'm leaving from something and I'm going into something. I'm being emptied out, but now I have to be filled. You see, the, I've I've hit on this for a few weeks, um, just here and there. I haven't really taught on it, but we will soon because I have a whole thing ready for it. But when he says, "Do not get drunk with wine, which it leads to dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit," it's the same concept. He, he doesn't hate wine. I mean, Jesus made wine for a bunch of drunk people for his first miracle. So if you, if you think he freaks out about it, they, think about that one for a minute. I mean, they were already drunk, and he still made the best wine they could ever have. They were like, whoa, they usually save the, you know, give the best first, and then they don't care later, but you save the best for last. So he, he wasn't caught up about the wine. He was caught up in that it dissipates. It goes away. It, you, you get that feeling, and it leaves you. He said, Don't do that. I'm not about the, the emptiness. I'm about you being full. So the thief comes, John 10 10 the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. You could easily take those three words out and say, The thief comes to empty you out. The thief comes to make you completely void and empty with no substance. But I have come to what? To give you life to the full. In other words, he, he came to empty you out. I'm not interested in emptying you out. I'm interested in filling you up, overflowing. I'm interested in giving you an abundant life. Don't focus so much on grieving him. Think about, well, what can I do in place? What can I do to shift this? It's like, don't, don't get drunk with wine. It, it, it is a, it's a natural manifestation of an inferior world. In the Old Testament, even when the glory of God would come upon Moses, he hit, there's two reasons why he put a veil on his face. Number one, they asked him to. You were too bright, we can't even look at you, right? The second reason was he himself wanted to wear a veil. Read it. You know why he wanted to wear a veil? Because he did not not want them to see that the glory that was on him was disappearing. Moses did not want the people to know that this glory that he gets to go and talk face-to-face with God didn't just always stay on him. So He would come down and He would put a veil on because He didn't want them to know, hey, this this goes away. So that's the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, He's like, no, we we with unveiled faces. Why? (laughs) We with unveiled faces are beholding Him the only Son of the Father. Why? Because we're not going from glory to less. We're going from glory to glory. So we take the veil off our faces because, hey, this glory that you see on me isn't going away. I don't want to hide the fact that this dissipates. I want you to see this goes from glory to glory to glory. This is where we're at in the kingdom. This is who we are. This is who you are. This is who the Bridge Church is. We're not a church of dissipation. We're not a church where the glory diminishes. We're not a people where the glory diminishes. We are a people that go from glory to glory to glory to glory. You guys okay? Hmm. So if he wants to do that personally, inside of me, inside of you, where else does he want to do that? I love the testimony you gave this morning, Tim. Tim was talking about cooking last week, and He literally had a a cooking date with Jesus. (laughs) You had to ask him about the whole story but basically he was looking for utensils and whatnot and they weren't around and as he was having this conversation with God people would bring him the stuff that he was needing as he's cooking and it's just it was like this little this dance thing going on and and he was also sharing that that his was it your boss that that boss mentioned that the days that he has off for work the, the crowds less there are less people that come in for food but when he's there it's more busy and he's like that's the favor of god that that's what i'm talking about it's the being uh, yeah god business can do better when i'm here at work we can make more sales if you're in sales we can sell more when i'm on call when i'm on you know on the clock than when other people on the clock it's possible you see daniel carried that type of anointing where w- whatever he did was was good joseph had the same kind of thing wherever he went things happened and the lord wants us to live with the with the real with the realization that just by shifting my focus and moving the territory these things can start happening for people around me and i don't even have to know about it i don't even have to make it happen i don't have to do anything all i did was say okay lord i've i've stewarded my home my four walls where we live i just want to increase that just a little bit god just by taking that in itself, God will fill the space. <laughs> He'll fill the space. And then we were like, oh, God, look what you're doing. You'll start getting testimonies from your neighbors. and like, that They may not even have language for it. We don't know what happened, but my husband just got a raise at work, and, and he's a bum. He doesn't even know how to work or whatever. They say, it, dude, that's God. Hey, dude, that's, that's God. We ask for more. You don't even have to tell him. God, we want more good things to happen to him. And then expand it. It's, it's just it's just moving the boundaries of what you think you're responsible for. It's leaking. Bob hit on it. It's just leaking all over. I loved his sitting on the bus and, and just rubbing legs with them. I'm just I'm leaking on him. I'm I'm not even praying prayers. I'm just oh, just leaking all over him, right? <sighs> it's just good. It's good. It's good. It's true and it it's real. It works. Everywhere. It's just being intentional. So why don't you stand? I know it's a little different, not really a sermon, just kind of a... This is is a a view into how Jared will be as an older man. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to... Whatever happens, happens. Why don't you pray with someone that you came with? If you didn't come with someone, find someone else. But find someone you came with. And why don't you just ask, do this, okay? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask the Lord to show us what what our household is, and then we're going to ask Him to show us how to increase it, all right? Show us our household, and then we want to increase it, God. Father, we release that word right now over this house. Enlarge the place of your territory. Enlarge the place of your dwelling. Enlarge the place of your responsibility. Hmm. We enlarge our household, God. What? We want to be responsible for our neighborhood, our street, the apartment complex, God. We want to pastor those around us. <laughs> enlarge our hearts, God. Yeah, let's do that first, God. Give us bigger hearts. <laughs> Give us bigger hearts, God. Mm. Help us to look up, God. Help us to see what you see, God. To feel what you feel. Then help us to say what you say. To go where you go, God. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord. More, God. We ask that you would increase favor on everyone here that we would all grow in favor with both God and with man. (laughs) Now, God, we ask for encounters. We ask for encounters. We ask for your presence to fill us everywhere we go. (laughs) We ask that signs and wonders would follow us, God. Signs and wonders would follow us, God. Hmm. <laughs> oh, like David said, my heart would have been distressed if I didn't know I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. <laughs> We will see the goodness of our God. Why don't you just declare over your house now. Just make some declarations. Whatever, whatever comes to your heart, your mind. Just begin to release that. God, I release healing, physical healing for my household. I release not only physical healing, but, but health, divine health, God. <laughs> healthy relationships, healthy bodies, healthy spirits and minds, God. We release reconciliation over my household, God. We release complete wholeness and freedom over my household. (laughs) Freedom, God. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free, God. I release freedom over my household. Hmm. Where your spirit is, there is freedom. Hmm. Thank you, God. Hmm. I'm gonna close with a thought, and then I'm gonna pray one more thing, and then we'll we'll take time out. If you want prayer personally, we'll we'll do that as well. But. Um, there's a book that, uh, I don't know, again, forget politics, but there's a man named Bill O'Reilly who wrote Killing Lincoln, Killing Kennedy, but he just wrote a book called Killing Jesus. And it's literally a historical look of Jesus' life and how they killed him. And there's, it's not a religious book, but he says in there, he's like, they made claims that he was healing people and the crowds that he drew. And in the book, oh, Bill O'Reilly asks this question. He says, he says, how did Jesus, in a time with no media, no microphones, become the most famous person to ever live on the face of the earth? How did Jesus become the most fun? He did not know this language. This is my interpretation. How did Jesus become the most fun person to be around in that time? And everyone wanted to be with Jesus. And so I want to pray over us that we would see Jesus as the most fun person in the room. (laughs) That we would become the most fun person in the room. God, I, I pray that. Show us who Jesus really is. (laughs) How fun He is. (laughs) How much everyone just wants to be in the room with Him, God. And then as we begin to see that, I ask that we would become just like Him. That we would become fun to be with. That people want to be around us because we have answers, solutions. We make them feel better, God. I ask that you would begin to do that in us. That we would become just like Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah! The happy Jesus. The laughing Jesus, Yeah the Jesus where all the kids just climbed all over him as he taught and he didn't get distracted or frustrated <sighs> 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 same Jesus that even ate with tax collectors and people that everyone hated he ate with them too it's just fun he was just fun to be with god let us be like that <laughs> amen well, thank you for, for being here. Again, if you need prayer, if you need, if you need healing, we want to pray for healing in your body, healing for whatever it is. If, if your relationship with God's broken and maybe you need to see Him as Father, come to this banner, the salvation banner. Someone's going to meet you here and pray with you. If you need magic, you need miracles, you need dreams to come true, you need to know nothing's impossible, someone will meet you here in the middle. Um, and we just bless you. We want to see the goodness of God. We ask that the presence of God will overwhelm you. <sighs> yeah that you would have dreams of Jesus this week how many want dreams of Jesus yeah. I want dreams <laughs> well you just ask for it so get ready right amen well we love you guys be blessed be friends